Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. After previously looking at UCARE and ITCH, Professor Marcus Mora will now discuss patient reported outcomes, or PROMS as some of you may know it. Over to you, Professor Marcus Mora. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria, the podcast by the UCARE Network, the Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence. My name is Marcus, Marcus Maura. I'm joining you here from the UCARE Charité in Berlin. And today's episode is on PROMS, Patient Reported Outcome Measures. And I'm very happy to have with me Carsten, Carsten Vella, my friend and colleague and PROM expert. Hi, Carsten. Hello, great to be here. Thank you. Carsten, listen, not everyone may know what a PROM is. Maybe we'll start by explaining what this is and what it is good for. Yeah. So a PROM, as you mentioned, means patient reported outcome measures. And this means that we try um, to um, yeah, get the perspective of the patients on their disease. So we try to see the disorder, not from the perspective of us physicians treating the patients, but the other way around. The patients, uh, we ask the patients to tell us what the disease means to them. Very good. And you and the team have developed a lot of problems over the years. The urticaria control test, the angioedema activity score, angioedema quality of life questionnaire, and so on and so on. Uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper with you into how these PROMs are made. Look, the UCT has four questions. One may think that you spend an afternoon thinking about what are the best four questions. You wrote them down and uh, that's it. But this is a long and intricate process. Absolutely. So uh, it is it is absolutely uh, a long process of doing this. And um, we have different steps during this uh, development process and the, the starting point is actually again the patients. So we need to ask the patients, uh, for example, if we develop a tool to measure quality of life, what actually makes their quality of life impaired uh, by their disease. So it's always focused on the patients, but then we also get into this um, additional input uh, from, from the literature, from experts, then we develop a long list of, of possible questions and we test them again in questions, try to reduce them to the minimal important set of questions. So it's a long process to in the end have um, as few questions as possible to understand the patients mm. as good as possible. No, in chronic urticaria, we didn't really know how to measure the efficacy of treatments before the UAS and the UCT and the KUQOL um, and the angioedema tools came out. So I, I think it really um, brought the field forward to have these tools. Um, what do you think about uh, the reservations of colleagues that this is not something that they need to use in clinical practice, that this is tedious and takes a lot of time. I, I find it saves time. What do you think? Yeah, so um, what we're talking about is basically questionnaires uh, with, um, with a, always a key set of questions. And then uh, this, is, this is not too difficult actually to use in, in clinical practice because it all depends on how this is actually integrated in the in the process. So what we are doing here in our center is that basically the patients, when they come to us at the reception, they right away get 
the relevant questionnaires to be completed. And uh, when they come then to the physician themselves and, and in the conversation, the results are already there. Yeah, for sure. And the use of these prompts makes us better urticaria treaters. Um, now, if you had to choose, you know, the, the guidelines say measure disease activity, impact and control in your patients with chronic urticaria at every visit and use the prompts. Okay, that's a high bar for someone who's getting started in urticaria. Um, my recommendation is always to pick one of these tools and to start with them. And then once that is established in the team and the routine, then move to the next one. If you had to pick one urticaria tool for physicians who are not working with PROMS now, which one would it be and why? Yes, so I strongly recommend the urticaria control test. Um, and this is not only because we developed it ourselves, it's really because it's the shortest and easiest tool uh, to apply and uh, and it has a big advantage as well um, and this is that uh, it can be scored right away it's it's an overview of course it's not a very deep dive into the burden the patient has but on one side we have a good impression where the patient stands with this disease and his disease control or her disease control and um, yeah, and it's it's you you can base uh, your your further discussion and treatment um, on, and it's it's a very useful tool actually. I couldn't agree more with you, Karsten. To me, really, chronic urticaria comes in two states. Um, either the disease is in control of the patient, uh, the patient is the victim of this disease, and a lot of things in daily life are dictated by the disease, or and that's where we want to get every patient. The patient is in control of the disease. And uh, the UCT obviously allows us to distinguish between patients where the disease is in control and where the patient is in control. Yeah, the, the guidelines say treat the disease until it is gone, which of course makes complete control the treatment goal in each and every patient and complete control translates to 16 points in the UCT. So how can it be helpful to know that someone has moved with our therapy from three uncontrolled disease to let's say 12 or 13? And what do we do with that information? Yeah, so, so there are two, two aspects. One thing is we can of course see if, if a patient was uh, had, had was clearly under the cutoff and then is clearly over the cutoff that this patient really moved from poorly controlled to well-controlled disease. Maybe not complete control, but um, already to, to a very, to a level that is very good. And the other thing is that we also know which, which score differences need to be uh, need to be there that we have really a meaningful change, which, which is three points, which we call the minimal clinically important difference. Yeah, for sure. Thank, thanks, Carson, for explaining that. Now, we're in the middle of a horrific pandemic, and we know that it is difficult to treat patients face-to-face. -face. Many of us are moving to remote measures to help our patients, including video conferencing, WhatsApping, and whatnot. How can, how can we still use these tools? And do you think they're necessary now in the times of remote management? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they are helpful when the patients are in our offices, but of course they are 
as helpful if the patients are not in our offices. So they are, they are perfectly uh, suited, I think, for, for this kind of situation because the patients, of course, can complete these tools as, at home, send it in or even um, yeah, complete them online. So, so this, is, this is a very good tool to, yeah. to do uh, in, in modern medicine, I would say in general, where we more and more will maybe also after this pandemic, pandemic switch in some patients to a remote setting, th these tools are uh, suitable as well. Do them online? How, how does that work? Yeah, so we, we actually have developed a platform already where the patients can complete it online. And there are also, apart from this, other platforms available as well where patients can do this. And um, so, so this, this, this can be done um, right now already. Um, and yeah, we, I, I think this will be uh, actually the future approach. I agree. I absolutely agree. Now, Carson, these are global tools, so um, we need to make sure, since they're patient tools, that they are available in the language that patients speak, um, validated for the cultural background the patient is in. Uh, I imagine that's a process that is uh, not so easy. You're, the, the, the most popular tool that uh, you have developed, I think, is available in 88 languages um, in many, many countries. How does that work? How, how do we get these tools to become global tools? Yeah, so, so this is a process that we call linguistic validation, and that means that you, you, you cannot just um, translate the tool and that's it. So that was, would be not enough. We really need to make sure um, that it is the same tool that is used. And for this, we go through a process where we have a f independent forward translations. Um, then then we, we, this forward translation is joined to one, then this is back translated again, then this back translation is compared to the original version. and after this is completed and we really think the translation is very, very good and represents the original as good as possible, then we still uh, need to test this tool in patients of the target language to really make sure that they understand the, the new translation um, as good as it is in the original version. So this is a, also a process where we really make to, need to make sure that it is um, an equivalent tool in the other languages, and uh, yeah, this this was done in, in many many languages already. Cool. Now the UCare network obviously is a global network, 110 centers in more than 40 countries, and um, these these centers have committed themselves to the use of PROMS in routine clinical practice. So that's uh, great. Um, but what about our non UCare listeners? Where do they get these tools? Is there uh, a platform? Is there a process? How do, how do they know whether or not the UCT, for example, is available for their country in their language? Yeah, so um, the, it is, first of all, the good news is it, the tools are free for use in routine practice. And, um, but of course you need to get them somewhere. And so we, since we are not, distributors ourselves here in the in the clinic we we have a we have a partner um, who um, um, yeah provides these tools um, on its platform and this uh, partner is uh, called moxie 
um, this is a small company that really uh, takes over the distribution and on their website it is possible to download the um, patient reported outcome measures relevant to your carrier, for example, uh, for free if you would use them in your routine um, setting. Karsten, um, you developed the urticaria control test. There is the UAS that you validated, the KuQual that you linguistically validated and helped to bring to other um, country versions, the angioedema control test, uh, the angioedema activity score, the angioedema quality of life questionnaire. Are you done um, or what's the next big step in from developing in your decaria? Yeah, so um, we talked, the tools we, you've, you've just mentioned now are tools that are primarily meant for patients with the subform of chronic spontaneous urticaria um, and of uh, patients where the angioedema predominates, but also in the, in the context of chronic spontaneous urticaria. But this is just one group inside the uh, chronic urticaria family. And there is another group that are the chronic inducible urticarias. And for these, uh, for these, these are, these are also different disorders. For example, you have a cold induced urticaria or a solar urticaria where, where UV light or visible light is responsible for inducing symptoms. And um, for these um, disorders, we do not have any patient reported outcome errors yet. And uh, we uh, we have just started the process of the development. So where we now, um, I think, can provide these tools in the near future. Um, but it's 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 a long, um, um, not a long way, but it's 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 a field where we still are working on them, and there's a lot to do. Understood. Carson, maybe one last question, and that is on the huge spectrum of patients who can be affected. We talked about um, uh, the geographical differences, obviously, but what about uh, across the ages, male, female, of course, but uh, from babies to old people, everyone can get urticaria. And um, do these proms work in patients of all ages? This is a very important question. So um, actually, the, these tools have been developed for adults. And we currently have a big lack for children and adolescents. And um, this, is, this is also a, a future focus. And we are already in the preparation for um, yeah, developing tools for this age group. Or it's not a tr just a trans, we cannot just transfer adult tools to children. So it's, it's a, let's say it's a, it's a development and transformation process we are going through. And um, yeah, it, it will take some more time, but also looking into the future, I think we will, we will be able to have prompts in the next years for this age group as well. Thank you so much, Carsten, uh, not only for having developed all these prompts, but uh, also for sharing today your insights with us. Um, patient reported outcomes are very important for the management of patients with chronic urticaria. I think as important as the new treatment options that become available to us. In, in fact, we can only optimize treatment for our patients by the use of PROMS. Um, they guide our treatment decision. They guide our step up in patients who show inefficient 
treatment and uncontrolled disease. And they allow us to monitor as we keep treating patients, how well they respond to the treatment and we can adjust the treatment so that we reach the goal, no more wheels, no more angioedema, no more itch in all of our patients. So please, if you haven't used PROMS in your daily routine clinical practice as of now, start today, start tomorrow, find out where to get them, um, get them and bring them to your team. I think Carson, I speak for you when I say that if anyone has questions on this, they can always be in touch with you and the team to find out. And of course, if there is um, uh, a, a need to develop a, a language version in your country, uh, that does not yet exist, do reach out to us. Uh, we want to make these tools global tools and bring them to all patients with urticaria. Now with this, I conclude this episode of our podcast, All Things Urticaria. I thank you, Karsten, one more time. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you, Professor Mora. Remember, if you have any other questions or you would like to learn more about patient-reported outcomes and urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com forward slash urticaria. That's all we have time for today with All Things Urticaria. We would like to thank you for listening and hope to see you next time. From all of us at All Things Urticaria, have a lovely week.